Good morning, church. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Michelle. Um, I'm married to the lovely Daniel over there. <laughs> uh, and we've been married for 24 years this year. Uh, and through the ups and downs of life, we are raising together four very different but equally amazing children. Um, we have Eva, who's 13, nearly 14. Uh, Mia, who's 11, very nearly 12. Uh, Luca, who's going to be 10 on Tuesday. And, and Isla, little Isla, who's just turned four on Thursday. Um, so it's a, it's a big, big time birthday season for the Pops. Very expensive. Um, not great planning there, but anyway. Um, you know, this morning... Um, I have the huge privilege of sharing with you some thoughts on growing together as family on this dedication day. Uh, So I'm going to be sharing some of my own experiences with you. Uh, And I thought we could also have a look at another family in the Bible too. And that is uh, Joseph, son of Jacob and his family. Uh, And we can find the account of Joseph in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament (coughs) in the Bible from chapter 37. And uh, I'll just do a bit of a quick recap of the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph's family were, um, I think, rather a complex family. Um, His father, Jacob, had four wives. There was Leah, Rachel, and their handmaids, Bilhah and Zilpha. And between them, they bore 12 sons and one daughter. Now, at times with this family, um, it can seem that family life um, seems rather dysfunctional, um, quite deceitful even. And I think there were huge, huge issues with sibling rivalry. Um, But it wasn't much of a secret that Jacob favoured his wife, Rachel. She was seen as his true love. And in particular, her firstborn son, Joseph. And as we know in the story, Jacob gives Joseph a special robe of many colours and his brothers are jealous of him and hate him for being the favourite. So they throw him into a pit uh, with the intention of killing him, but decide to sell him into slavery in Egypt instead. Here he becomes steward to one of Potiphar's, uh, Pharaoh's officials, Potiphar, He's wrongfully imprisoned after Potiphar's wife unsuccessfully tries to seduce him. And in prison, his ability to interpret dreams for various staff and Pharaoh results him in becoming the second in command in Egypt. And at the end of the account of Joseph, we see him reunited with his family who have reformed and, and they're overjoyed to see him. Now it tells us in the Bible that Joseph was also favoured by God. So not only his father favoured him, but also God as well. And we know that Joseph had a close relationship with God and he was committed in following God and he was faithful to him and he was devoted. And the first thing I want to talk about regarding growing together as family is that we, like Joseph, need to be people committed to prayer and devotion. So I just want to paint a bit of a a picture of, of our family life for you. Um, I live in a beautifully crazy house 
there are usually about four conversations going on, usually with me, all at the same time. Mum, 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 mum. There's usually music playing, the television's on, someone's singing or humming, which is like even worse. Um, you know, there's extra people stopping for tea, there's friends sleeping over, there's after school activities. You kind of, you get the picture. Um, I imagine most families are probably like that. You know, but among the chaos that I live in, I have learned over the years to prioritise prayer and devotion. Now, we haven't got it all together, don't, don't get me wrong, um, but I have come to understand the significance and the importance of that time with God, you know, in all the different seasons and, and times of my life. And currently, I use something that's just been massively helpful to me, and it's the, uh, the Lexio 365 prayer app. Uh, which is an app written by the leaders of the 24-7 prayer movement uh, founded by Pete Gregg. And it's a, it's a daily devotion that just helps you connect with God by reading the Bible and praying through the P-R-A-Y system. So P for pausing, you know, how often do we get to do that sometimes? Uh, R for rejoicing, A for asking and Y for yielding. And, you know, it's a 10-minute devotion. There's a morning and, a, and an evening one as well. You know, starting and ending the day with God. Putting him first before the day begins and just ending on that reflection and that rest and that preparation for sleep. You know, it's been a really great tool that helps me. And I know there's others in here that use it as well. And I was really recently challenged about this, um, about spending my time wisely, um, through another app that I do, uh, Duolingo. Is anybody in here learning a language on Duolingo? It's a COVID thing, wasn't it? A lot of people took it up in COVID. Um, my husband is a Romanian. Uh, and we met out in Romania. So I do speak a bit of Romanian, not too, not too bad. Um, but my grammar is not great. So I thought... I'm going to sign up to Duolingo. Um, and after our visit to October, uh, to Romania last year in October, I thought, I really need to sign up because I just need to really get my grammar a bit better. So um, I am currently on a 170-day streak. Um, I've not missed a Romanian lesson for 170 days, which might not seem a lot. I know there's people out there that like got like thousands of days and stuff. Um, but it just got me thinking and challenged me about my consistency in reading the Bible and in that time and devotion um, you know, I've, I've, not missed, I've not missed a day of that, but is there some days that I might miss reading or I might do that, you know, and it just really challenged me. And I know it's going to be the same for so many of us in here, you know, spending time on our phones, you know, whether it's apps or social media, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with those at all, you know, but I, I do try and fight the whole influence of technology sometimes, um, but I know that's how the world's going. Um, but maybe this morning you just need that challenge, uh, like me, about what you're choosing to spend your time on. You know, it says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You know, God wants to spend time with us. I read somewhere the other day, even if it's for 15 seconds, pray, pray. We've recently had our Get Out There series on a Sunday morning and we've heard about sharing our stories and sharing our faith with other people. And in Acts 4, we hear about Peter and John after Pentecost when they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus. And it says this, 
Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished and they recognised that they had been with Jesus. You know, it was evident through their boldness and their confidence that they had spent time with Jesus. You know, it was significant for Joseph. His time in prayer was significant in interpreting the dreams. You know, we needed God's wisdom to determine the prophetic meanings of the dreams he was having. Time spent in prayer and devotion with Jesus can, can result in our lives becoming transformed. And I don't say that glibly. You know, ordinary people in God's presence can do the extraordinary. And I am proudly an ordinary person. Um, but with God and in his presence and spending time with him, I, we, are capable of the extraordinary. You know, the second point I want to look at in growing together is persevering through pain. Persevering through pain. Now, please hear my heart on this. Um, There are some things that we shouldn't just persevere through. um, But I just wanted to share my experience of just growing in this area of persevering through pain. But before that, I just want to look at Joseph and his example You know, Joseph was 17 when he had the dreams about the sheaves of the corn and the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down to him. And it was 13 years later, when he was 30 years old, that he became the second in command in Egypt under Pharaoh. Now, in those 13 years, he was thrown into a pit by his brothers. He was stripped of his status as the chosen son when he was sold into slavery. You know, where he had to go from doing work... um, the kind of manual work that his brothers used to do into like working really hard as a slave. You know, he was accused of sleeping with Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. And even though we don't know for how sure how long Joseph spent in prison, it was at least two years after interpreting the cupbearer and the baker's dream. So at least that amount of time. So a lot of hurtful and painful things happened to Joseph over the time. You know, and I just find his perseverance really astounding. Even though Joseph's situation changed drastically, you know, God's relationship with him remained the same. And it mentions several times in Genesis 39, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. For those of you who know me, you'll know that uh, nearly three years ago now, um, my younger sister Fiona died of cancer. It was June 2020, near the beginning of the COVID pandemic and we all remember it there was no hugging we were socially distancing you know we were trying to homeschool three children um Dan was working from home Isla was one at that time so we were looking after a one-year-old and we were doing our best to care for and nurse Fiona ourselves at home you know it was a it was a pretty tough time that um we couldn't give up You know, the alternative for Fiona uh, was hospice care. And at the time, there was like one named family member allowed in the hospice. So it just wasn't an option for our family. We had to persevere through. And Fiona was a great believer in perseverance. You know, she she never gave up through countless disappointing appointments that that we attended. You know, she always persevered. And I prayed, and I know many people in here did, you know, and I wholeheartedly believed that God could heal her. 
But what I think that helped me persevere through the pain of those final weeks was like Joseph. Even though his situation changed, you know, God's relationship with him didn't. And I found myself having to put my trust in God and his perfect timing and his plan and trust the outcome. You know, persevering through when the outcome isn't exactly what you want it to be, you know, it's tough. (laughs) Maybe it's somewhat easier to persevere through something, you know, when you know there's going to be something good or something great at the end. But, you know, in her pain and her discomfort, she always found joy. And ultimately, the best gift of all, salvation. You know, in those final last few days, you know, she gave her life to Jesus. And I know she truly came out victorious. And for that, I am just eternally grateful. You know, when we lose loved ones and go through tough times in our lives, it can understandably make us wobble. Wobble in our relationship with God, wobble with ourselves, wobble with our identity even. And I don't want to make light of this subject, but as my Pilates teacher always says on a Friday morning when I'm trying to gracefully balance on all sorts of equipment, you know, she always says, wobbling is good, Michelle. Wobbling is good because it strengthens us. Wobbling is good because it strengthens us. And I think that's just so true. I gain strength by trusting in his perfect timing and his plan. Now, it wasn't always easy, and I absolutely had my wobbles. But putting my trust in God, even when it was really tough, helped me with my wobbling and my grief journey. Persevering through that pain, but ultimately knowing that God was in control. However out of control I felt, with the situation or with myself. You know, the knowledge that God holds us in the palms of his hands. And I know that we may not always understand why God allows things in our lives to be painful or cause us fear or worry. But I believe that we can trust he has a beautiful purpose for it. You know, as it says in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything. And in verse 11 He has made everything beautiful in its time. The third point I want to make about growing together is purposeful positioning. Bringing us back to our story of Joseph, the different positions that he undertook on his journey. You know, finding favour with Potiphar whilst he was a slave and being put in charge of his household. And even whilst in prison, finding favour with the prison warder. You know, we see these different positions having a purpose. You know, during that time, his God-given giftings and abilities, they grew and they developed and ultimately led him to his position of second in command in Egypt, saving both his family and the world. You know, if Joseph had not been in that position, his family would never have come to live in Egypt with the Pharaoh saying and promising the best of the land of Egypt, the best of the land for them. You know, his position had both purpose and an influence for others. And I remember back in uh, January 2020, kind of mid-COVID, when it was kind of still quite bad. um, And I think um, caring for Fiona, our family had become quite, quite cautious about COVID. 
Um, and when I say this, um, honestly, there is no judgment passed on anybody how you kind of personally reacted to this. Um, you know, we all did what we thought was best for us and for our families at the time. Um, but I remember sitting at home and watching Cookie online uh, on the Sunday morning when he did kind of like a rally call for people to come back to church, like physically in the building. And I know for some people that wasn't where they were at, and you know, and that was fine, like I say. Um, but I remember being immensely challenged and encouraged at the same time about being positioned physically back in church. You know, and it was one of the best decisions we made as a family at that time. You know, it was right for us to be back together, standing together in unity, you know, worshipping through those horrible masks, you know, but, but just, just the, the, it was such a joy. There was such a power and a presence of God. And I know certainly I had much more of a grateful heart being back here and being together. You know, that we had the opportunity to come together and worship God collectively. That's being positioned for purpose. I also believe it's our responsibility to purposely position ourselves with people who are going to encourage us. People who are going to challenge us. People who are going to stand with us. People are going to help us grow. You know, as it famously says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Position yourself to be sharpened. You know, whatever that looks like for you. You know, the benefit of that is then you can sharpen others. We all know that um, a dull edge blade can do more harm than good. And we're all at risk of becoming a bit dull sometimes. Um, and I had a little look how swords were sharpened. So the ancient sharpening process of a sword consisted of first pounding out the iron and then using an iron file to rub out any defects or small chips on the blade. And then finally rubbing and polishing the side of the blade so that the edge lifts, making it sharp. I want to be sharp. I want to remain sharp, you know, and I know I have to position myself in places that can sometimes be uncomfortable, like speaking today. <laughs> um, this is massively out of my comfort zone, you know, but I totally believe it's part of me positioning myself perfectly. You know, I know we can all have different, different comfort zones and, and I won't mind me sharing this, but uh, when we were on mission together in Romania in 2005, I remember Anna just sharing with me how nervous she was about uh, delivering children's work programmes. You know, it was something that came so natural to me, um, but I was really nervous about doing the, uh, the team devotion, like the five-minute devotion that we had. I was like, oh gosh, five minutes talking. Uh, and she was like, oh, I do that all the time. I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, so we all have our different strengths and areas where we need, need to challenge and push ourselves and position ourselves. I think as parents, we can purposely position our children as well. This is obviously a little easier when they're younger. I know teenagers uh, often have a bit of a mind of their own. Um, but 18 months ago, my friend and I set up um, a youth girls group called Illuminate. And it's basically a discipleship group where we meet on a Sunday evening, uh, twice a month. Uh, we've got girls from different churches uh, that come together. Um, it's great. It's not, not just a bridge church. And we really felt it was just God's timing God's perfect timing and plan, you know, that he'd been speaking to me and my friend about forming this. 
You know, and our heart was just to create this environment where the girls could come together, learn, encourage one another, you know, support one another and grow in their friendships and grow in their faith and their relationship with God. Purposeful positioning, that. You know, these girls are amazing. Uh, they're out in sevens, eights and nines at the moment. Uh, they will be highly mortified uh, bringing such attention to them. But, um, you know, they are always ready to engage and contribute. And, you know, and their eagerness to just pray openly and uh, actively encourage one another is just a huge encouragement to me. And it's a blessing to us both as leaders. You know, that's purposeful positioning. On the back of that, I must give life groups a big shout out. You know, I am part of an amazing life group. And if you are not yet involved in one, you know, I really urge you to think about it. You know, that is a great opportunity to purposefully position yourself. You know, I really encourage you. Just like I was talking about with the girls group, you know, life groups have a great space to grow, encourage each other, develop relationships within church and with God. Get yourself linked in with one today. Um, I also just want to mention about encouraging one another from the front on a Sunday. Do you know, I think since COVID, I've noticed that we've become quite timid, you know, about sharing from the front of church. You know, or just responding. You know, we need to get back to that. You know, as humans, I think encouragement is something that we all need. You know, at least, at least I know I do. You know, and I value so much when people share their hearts on what God's been speaking to them or challenging them about during the week. And I know so often it has just massively encouraged me on my journey. You know, stepping out of that comfort zone and positioning yourself to grow and to be a blessing. So just before I finish, uh, Band, you can make your way up now if that's okay. I just quickly want to mention about our ability to reflect. You know, to know we're growing, we've got to be able to look back and reflect. You know, because when you're in the everyday, it's so hard to see sometimes. I recently filled out a job application, um, and although I didn't get an interview, um, I found it so useful writing down all the things I'd done that qualified me for the job. You know, and all the different experience I had. It had been a long time since I'd applied for anything. And you know what? It just showed me how far I'd actually come. It just showed me how far I'd grown and come on my journey. You know, at the end of the account of Joseph, when his brothers are facing him as a second of command in Egypt, they were put in a similar situation as they was when they sold Joseph into slavery with the possibility of losing another favoured son of their father, Benjamin. And they were willing to sacrifice themselves. You know, that just illustrated their journey of reformation and reflection so that they didn't repeat history again to cause any further pain to their father. You know, reflection is just so important. So to wrap up this morning, we've been looking at growing together as family. We've looked at prayer and devotion, persevering through pain, and purposeful positioning. Time spent in prayer and devotion with Jesus can result in our lives being transformed. No ordinary people in God's presence doing the extraordinary. And Joseph's time in prayer was significant for him in interpreting the dreams. 
You know, we needed God's wisdom to determine what those prophetic meanings meant. We looked at the tough idea of persevering through pain. You know, a lot of hurtful and painful things happened to Joseph over the years. And his perseverance through all those situations and circumstances was amazing. Even though Joseph's situation changed quite drastically from one of most favoured son to slavery, you know, God's relationship with him remained the same. When we experience painful things in our life and maybe have a bit of a wobble, you know, the wobbling is good and it strengthens us. And sometimes we never may get to see or understand God's purpose, you know, in those situations. But thankfully, we do know that he holds us in the palms of his hands. And lastly, purposeful positioning. You know, let's position ourselves to be sharpened in whatever circumstance or situation that means for you. Maybe it's joining a life group. Maybe it's being that encourager for someone else. Maybe it's coming and sharing something encouraging from the front. You know, whatever it is, let's live with purpose. Amen.